0: All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 404. Jason Lingren is with me and the infamous Fortune St. Germain returns to finish out the Q&A. Uh, we got through about 92 of the questions. We have a number yet to get through and a couple that we skipped for one reason or another. And Jason has a couple more that are submitted. Anyhow, there's the tea up. Welcome, Jason.
1: And a warm and rainy good morning.
0: Yeah, I'm beautiful here, man. Spring has sprung. Anyhow, welcome, Fortune. Good
2: afternoon, everyone from
0: London. It's a pleasure to be with you all again. All right. I think this will be the final installment of Q&A, unless we decide to do it at another time down the road. Anything you want to get in before we jump into these questions, Fortune?
2: I'm all yours. Let's run with the ball and wing it and go impromptu as you would like.
1: Someone cue the wingman. What is the French connection to Christianity?
2: Christianity is universal. It is brought as communal living by Jesus the Nazarene. And there really is there's no more French connection to Christianity than there would be a Italian or a Judean connection the message of Jesus the Christ who had reached the Christ Buddha vibration which is white gold. Is a universal message and it is uh, not limited to any one place or person, but it is universal.
0: That question felt to me like it was aimed at something where we're not quite sure what it was aimed at. But let me put an extension on that question, Fortune. As I got interested in ideas of alchemy or even the tarot, is a good example. What I began to find is for some reason, and I, I kind of found the answer later. Uh, France held so much alchemical information. It almost feels like it was the earliest. And of course, when I finally grabbed myself a tarot deck, I got the oldest one I could find. Where did it come from? France. Uh, You want to add anything about the French connection to very early alchemy in the Western world? Well,
2: one of the last pagan alchemists or pagan wizard, the last great pagan wizard and the last pagan alchemist was the wizard Merlin of Welsh English fame. He was a true alchemist. Many of the French alchemists that purported to be alchemists were really not who they said they were. And the legends of Nicholas Flamel arose later on about him and what he actually did. So they were added to his life many, many centuries afterwards. And it turns out that he really didn't do all the things they said. But the the greatest connection we have to alchemy we have to remember comes from Egypt, which is it existed before, but is it is the earliest remembered form of alchemy. Alchem meaning from or out of Egypt, and that is where the word comes from, and it is tied basically to the Atlantean masters and teachers uh, that uh, settled and created an outpost uh, in Egypt. Uh, before the sinking of Atlantis, as they did in the Yucatan. And in South America, they picked three different areas to preserve the Atlantean culture because they knew that the destruction was coming. And in these three areas, they left holes of records. And they also left what you would
0: call today, what we would know as alchemical formulas. You dropped a name there. I know we're going to get questions on the Merlin thing, but let's Let's venture on here, guys.
1: What does it mean when people see green light over their bed in darkness?
2: Green light is the color of the heart chakra. It is the color of love. So when you see different colors, the uh, different messages, and it can just tell you late at night that when you're alone, that sometimes when people work on you, if you're really attuned, you will see the colors and you, when you close your eye. And if you see it with your eye open, it, And it's really a dark green burst of light. Either somebody is doing uh, energy work on you, or it's just telling you that your heart chakra is opening and that you are on the right track.
0: Wow. Do you want to break down the colors of chakras? I got so many emails, Fortune. Many of them centered around uh, the visualization of spirals. People recognize that many of the old rock carvings, you'll always see spirals carved both ways, one way or the other or both ways. Um, Can you just uh, verbatim give us the color of the chakras, because that would go a long way to answering people's queries? Your crown chakra
2: is violet. The master of that ray is Saint Germain, uh, the alchemist and the saint of the 18th century. Violet is uh, faith and forgiveness. It is your spiritual bank account. Your next chakra underneath that is the third eye, which the Hindus call the Ajna. That is divine wisdom. That color is indigo. Beneath that is your throat chakra. That is your truth chakra. And that color is blue. Your heart chakra is green. And that is where you're the male and female aspects of God meet in your heart to create when you breathe in the holy breath. Beneath that is the solar plexus chakra, and that is uh, joy and abundance, and that color is yellow. Beneath that is your soul chakra, about one inch below your navel, and that color is orange. And that is your um, soul chakra, and that is divine rebirth and uh, spiritual life. And beneath that is your root chakra, and that is your connection to the earth and mother God through the earth. And your crown chakra is your connection to the male aspect of God, Father God, the the sun and the sky, uh, the earth mother and the sky father. And uh, remember, the root chakra is red, and that is your connection to the ruby red Holy (laughs) Spirit. And the stronger your root chakra is, uh, and the stronger your connection to the the earth. And that is where most spiritual people at least work on the chakras below the heart, especially the root chakra. A good one to do for each chakra, strengthening it. When Jesus gave the Our Father, he took seven Hebrew psalms and prayers and simplified them for the people of Israel. So the Paternoster which we know our father in Latin, is really comes from Aramaic and Hebrew, and they are psalms and prayers that Jesus related to the chakras. So our father who art in heaven, holy be thy name, that is your crown. I'd have to go over the whole English. I'm lacking in the English words for it because I know it in Latin and I know it in Hebrew, but I don't. know it totally in English, but when you do the Ajna chakra, I see as you see, I trade in my eyes for your eyes, and then you say, okay, to lock in the vibration, thy kingdom come, Uh, now I'm remembering the English, then when you do your truth chakra, your third chakra, I trade in my will for your will, I am divine truth and will, all is this, this is all, this I am. Uh, Thy will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. The heart chakra. I trade in my heart for your heart. I am selfless, rapturous, divine love. All is this. This is all. This I am. And then you say, give us this day our daily bread. And then you breathe out all the energy you've taken in. And you bless Mother Earth and all humanity with the mantra, We give you this day your daily bread. Solar plexus chakra. I trade in sadness and suffering for divine joy and abundance. I am the greatest laughter, sunshine, giggles, and silliness of all infinity. I am divine joy and abundance. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Soul chakra. I trade in I am divine charity and prayer. I honor God. I trade in self for selflessness. And then we finish with lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from all evil, negativity, and falsehood. I trade in my life for divine spiritual rebirth and life. And then the root chakra I am divine compassion, patience, and understanding, all is this, this is all, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. This is what it is and infinitely more. And when you say these mantras for each chakra, breathe it in. And then the last part, when you say, holy be thy name, you breathe out the violet and bless mother earth and all humanity. Then when you say the last part, thy kingdom come, you breathe out and bless Mother Earth and all humanity. And for each of those last parts of the Pata you will breathe out and bless Mother Earth and all humanity with all of that energy that you have taken in, because the true student and the true master, when they take in the energy, they breathe everything they've taken in, and then they give it back to all normal
0: humanity. Okay. Um, stay up on your mic. We dropped out a little at one part, but uh, as you were converting things into English in your mind, I think we stepped over the line, hallowed be thy name. Divine father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. That is the crown chakra. Okay. All right. Here we go.
1: What does it mean when you see someone's face turn to water, or you see a face superimposed over their face, or you see another face shine through their face?
2: Well, water is always emotion and spirituality. And also when you see the other face of the person, you may be looking at their true soul or their true essence and being what they truly are behind the real face if you're that spiritually attuned. Some people will see it, other people will hear it, and others will feel it. But each one is valid. So clear clairaudient, clairvoyant, and clairsentient. So anytime that there is water involved, Water is emotion. Water is rebirth. Water is heaven. It is fluid. It's fluidity. So when you see water, that is spirituality. That's as far as I can go on
1: that one. Keep going. Over the last six months, while doing my daily ancestral cleansing prayers, I've started to see clouds and waves of mostly violet, purple light moving and swirling a bit above my body, appearing as though coming towards me and receding away at different times. They stay for 3 to 12 minutes at a stretch, on and off, during the hour. Does this light usually have something to do with Saint Germain? What is happening when these waves of colored light visit and hover over me?
2: Well, violet is transformation, so you are transforming. And either somebody is working on you and sending you energy, or you're working on yourself, or you're being sent a message that violet is the color of transformation, and it's also faith and forgiveness. So I would say that when you are in terms of your meditation and you are seeing these colors, it's mostly you and your transformation at the moment. Uh, And you are doing this. You're working on yourself through your meditation and your breath. And you're seeing the transformation taking place because you're more in tune than most people.
1: Whenever I see sparkling, colored pinpoints of light around people, it's always in the periphery, never in my direct line of sight is there anything to this that you know of?
2: That is for most people until most people on earth do not have uh, the direct vision where they can see uh, with their eyes open and looking directly at it. Most people, very few, see it directly in front of them. They do not see the light opening their eyes and see it Uh, as clearly as they see uh, the daily reality. So when most people, even clairvoyants see, they either see peripherally or they see when they close their eyes and then they view the colors. And in that way, there are very, very few people on earth that see the colors and the actual energy as they see what we term our daily
0: reality. This reminds me a little bit of the Casey stuff that's been written where he had to go to sleep to see, and then I've read other suggestions, matter of fact, maybe speaking with you, uh, someone who is extremely clairvoyant can do it while they're awake. Is that a similar thing, just levels of of clairvoyancy? Well, by the time you will reach
2: the avatar status or the Christ, that will be clairvoyancy, and you'll be seeing on earth like you see in heaven, and that is the Christ-Buddha vibration, as we discussed, as white gold. And then one step under that, which we call nirvana, what we know is enlightenment, uh, the master, it's an earthly vibration. So that one, uh, you will be more in tune with seeing, but you still might have to look peripherally or close your eyes. But by the time one reaches master status, your clairaudient, clairvoyant, or clairsentience will be greatly heightened. And then by the time those who jump and reach the Christ or the avatar status, they will be able to do it as if they were seeing just reality in a normal basis.
1: Where and how did the Mayans go when they walked through a door, as you stated in the recent Crow 777 podcast?
2: They walked into another dimension because they were ready. That is not the first time that happened on this planet. It's happened before for other peoples and and other species. At that time, when they walked through that door, that was the fourth dimension, which is a raise in consciousness, but it's also physical body. And fifth dimension is no physical body and another raise in consciousness. Fourth and fifth dimension still have free will. Sixth dimension and above, there is no more free will. So they walked into the fourth dimension. And it is highly possible that since that time, because they were very, very spiritual people and they were ready to do that as a people and it was done at the right time when a portal opened, uh, it is very possible that even though they were in the fourth dimension at that time, that they moved into another dimension
0: even uh, afterwards. You brought up a topic there, free will. Um, I always harp on it as such a special thing that we were granted And it feels like much of what's happened in the world since 2020 is testing your free will. What do you think about that?
2: Well, our free will, we're always being tested. So it's, as Padre Pio said, it matters not your cross, but how you carry it. So he said in his lifetime, so many come asking to be relieved of their burden, but very few come asking how to carry the cross. So the metaphor, as we said, Jesus marching to the cross, the stations of the cross in Catholicism are the stations of life that we all must walk during this time in free will or duality consciousness. And any time is as special as you choose to make it. Any time is as easy as you choose to make it. And the higher you go, or the more spiritually advanced you become, the more immune you are to the slings and arrows of third dimension consciousness, the easier it becomes. And yes, uh, everything should be looked at as a gift. So if somebody comes to us and you get slapped in the face by somebody and insulted, and then you say to yourself, you know, This will only last three minutes or 30 minutes or three hours, and then I'll be over it, which is better than 30 lifetimes of learning the same lesson. So if we take some of these slings and arrows that we have in this third dimension reality where we have, we often fall victim to separation consciousness, which is an illusion. We fall victim to the illusion of time and space, That tries to show us that we are separate, we fall victim to the illusion of death. So instead of looking at time as the ultimate destroyer, we should be looking at the moment as time as the ultimate rebirther. And it all depends how we, what area and what side of the coin we look at things. And in terms of free will, yes, this is an exercise Um, in this dimension, and it is also a blessing because many beings never get to experience free will. And one of the things that makes most of the beings in this galaxy and this area of the universe, what makes us interesting to them is their planets do not have emotion and or individuality and many of those planets have neither emotion nor individuality, and as a result, their races are dying. So they look at our race as something very, very curious, because this planet and a handful of others are the only planets in the universe that have a full range of emotion and individuality. So, in that way, even though we don't, uh, we, we view the pain and the daily suffering we have, we don't tend to look at what a blessing, total individuality, and total range of emotion
0: is. Jason, I can feel the emails coming already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did you mean in the previous episode when you said there is no time left?
2: There is not much time left for wiggle room in terms of what is coming at us from all sides and the new world, the new digital technocracy that is being created uh, around us. There is some time left, but as things go further and further, and we go more digital and technological, you have less wiggle room and less time to try to extricate yourself from that paradigm, from those four walls, because very, very soon, if their program succeeds, you will not be able to even leave the cities you're living in will be living in an electronic concentration camp, and that time is coming very, very soon because this whole program went so well for them that now they have speeded up their plans to take cash digital, and that will mean that in order to buy or sell anything, you will have to have what they call the mark or the chip or your phone on you, and that you will be recorded and tracked every single second of your life. And they won't have to use police or they won't have to use weapons. They'll just, if you leave the zone that you are supposed to be in, your phone just won't work. Your chip won't work. Whatever you're using to buy or sell won't work. You won't be able to pay for the train to leave the city and you won't be able to pay for the car to leave the city and the social crediting system coming in. So that is what I meant by we are running out of time in that respect. So, and as we go day to day and week to week, let the the walls close in tighter and tighter around us. And uh, there will be less resources that will be available towards, for the average person. Next question.
1: My question is about the colors that Fortune has mentioned breathing into your heart. Is there any written word about learning to do this exercise in the many ways he has given us to follow?
2: This technique was given to me by a book I read long ago by the Hathors, who are eighth dimension race that have taken an interest in helping humanity. And they communicate through a man named Tom Kenyon, who does a great deal of channeling and he did toning work. But this was not a book that he had written. And the Hathors talked about, you breathe in through your root chakra and your crown chakra when you're breathing in And everything gets mixed in the heart, and then when you breathe out, you bless Mother Earth and all humanity with the same intent, which makes the energy that you took in
0: stronger for yourself. Is it possible to title that book? Part of the question was asking for a written word. Is this something that can be obtained or not? I don't remember the name of the book. That book I read was 22 years ago. All right, then I guess the main keyword to work from is Hathor. Um, Go ahead, Jason.
1: There is an epidemic of narcissistic parents in the world. Crow has stated that he has never seen his mother angry. Imagine growing up with a single mother whose main emotion was caustic rage. An enormous number of people are going no contact with their family as a result, and it is usually the scapegoat who is able to break free from the toxic dynamics. How can alchemy help these now adults who have realized that their elderly parent or parents still enjoy hurting them? I am convinced it is caused by demonic possession. I witnessed my mother giving my brother a suppository as he screamed bloody murder. The expression on her face was a combination of absolute glee and deep rage. Does recovery for the injured children require mainstream methods like psychotherapy, or can a cure come from alchemy? It is hard for most people to grasp how a mother could take a lifetime of enjoyment from the pain of her child. How did this happen, and is there hope for these narcissist parents?
2: Well, Nurse Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, tends to be um, very, very common. And as we say, there are parents and teachers out there who not only punish, but they punish with a gleam in their eye of satisfaction and of some sort of glee and sexual satisfaction. And yes, yes, there are many, many people out there like that. And when we say hedonism and narcissism equal decadence. So uh, once you're on that track, those things tend to consume you. And remember that there are many, many people out there that would be rather be right and dead than wrong and alive. A spiritual person is not interested in being right, but in doing the right thing And for the victims or the people that were hurt by such parents or brothers or anyone, Master Chowa Sui, as we talked about, his twin hearts meditation is the best thing I've ever seen. And that helps align all of your chakras during each meditation. And the people I have seen that had no success with psychology had great success with his meditation because not all meditations are alike. And this is a meditation that is based on blessing and taking in universal energy and then giving back the blessing. And in such a way, you are taught more and more selflessness. And the more selfless you become, the more you let go of self and the hurt of the past and and the things that tend to weigh us
0: down on planet Earth. For everybody listening, the last episode where we did QA with Fortune was 396. If I'm not mistaken, I saw a lot of people putting links uh, about the Twin Hearts meditation. Just a heads up.
1: I live and practice a conservative yet Christian life, following the Bible more religiously than most. Many people who follow this same faith have experienced and performed many miracles, some including healing from cancers and raising the dead. I, we, have not practiced the mantras or any part of Eastern religion, and until I heard you recently with Crow, I wasn't aware of these things at all. What you were saying resonated with me, but my question is this. The light and illumination you speak of is also being accessed and practiced differently by other people who are not practicing Eastern meditation and such. Is this so because of the power of belief and or faith? And then it leads to knowing, questioning, if there must be many paths to higher enlightenment.
2: They are called universal spiritual truths because they're universal, spiritual, and true. So faith is the the basis for everything, as well as gratitude. So faith and gratitude, that is the rock. And then after that, we go to intent what we choose to uh, bring about what we choose to manifest, so it can be done in any religion. So when I looked and tuned in, tuned into some of the focal points, and I looked at some of the Christ masters and who had achieved avatar status in this uh, past decade, uh, one woman was the most advanced on the planet, and she worked through the Christian faith. There was a Muslim uh, in the Iraq Iran area, and he was. A Christ teacher or the Mahdi, and he worked through the Islamic phase. So, degrees of spirituality. Spirituality, as we said, is infinite, and that can be achieved by intent in any religion. So, when you read the scriptures and you take the metaphor, um, because every man was crucified daily on a basis, but the message of the crucifixion was not to focus on the crucifixion, because as Christ was on the cross. He focused on the resurrection. So every man dies a hundred times a day and is crucified at work and in family and on the streets. You don't have to be on the cross. The trick is not to march to the cross. Focus on the resurrection and not the crucifixion. Focus on the blessing and not the curse. So when you are on the cross, and you are being pilloried, or you are being crucified in various ways during the day or the year, through forgiveness, you rise to a higher consciousness. And that was the Christ message, that even in a man's desperate, most desperate hour, when he has been forsaken by all, even as he's on the cross and he's dying, he is forgiving. And through forgiveness, which is the color purple, violet, we Are reborn and we are raised to a higher consciousness. And just as when Jesus was on the cross, he was thinking of other people. So even though he was dying, he was healing other people. And uh, there were people in the crowd uh, that were healed, as you see in the movie Ben Hur, where the two women, the two Jewish women lepers, Ben Hur's mother and daughter, went to the crucifixion and they were so disappointed because they expected to be healed, as died. Ah, look, they were healed of leprosy. And those are true stories. But these miracles have happened many, many times uh, through the Buddha and other teachers, through Padre Pio, the ribnitz Rebbe, the Grand Rabbi of ribnitz who was a holocaust, he saved the town during the holocaust. And these miracles mm-hmm. still go on. So as we talked about, The avatar, the Christ-Buddha vibration, Jesus fed people. He reached into the bag, fishes and loaves came out. Buddha reached
0: into the empty bag, and drinking cakes came out for the hungry. Next question. Let me uh, make an observation. Unfortunately, please keep up on your mic a little bit. One of the big deals in what you just said to me was universal. When I was coming up in the religion I was brought up in, I was taught that all oh, those poor suckers all over the world aren't doing it the right way. There you know, there's, there's something wrong with those people. You're lucky you're here because you're, you're the only people doing it the right way. And when I finally realized there's nothing wrong with all the other people, the bigotry fell away from me. The idea of universal. Would it be fair to say the costumes change, the words of descriptions change, the look and feel changes, but it truly is universal.
2: Everything is universal because every person is, every being is a particle of divine creation. So you're, you're not only technically, but you are absolutely still part of the one. You're not separate. You are separate in that you are individual, but you are not separate because you still come from that part of creation. And no matter how high you go, Even if you are the creator of a universe and you become a creator god after eons, there are still others beneath, uh, uh, there will be other dimensions even beyond that because spirituality itself is infinite. So there is no, the Buddha said, there has never been an original beginning and there never is a final end. So the mystery of life and the mystery of creation are in themselves miraculous because when we look at things uh, universally, that the creator of one universe is a brother to the creator of another universe, and they are both individual, but they are both part of the greater whole, and the greater whole itself is infinite. We try to understand from third dimension consciousness, but uh, when you work with the ascended masters uh, and they work through voice. The angels work through color and light. They tell you that it is not for somebody's level. You can't comprehend these levels in higher dimensions. Uh, it's not possible to comprehend, just as we talk about universality, that the master said that it is impossible to live without judgment here on earth which is what your ego is for, which on the good side of the coin is the protector. On the bad side of the coin, when the ego becomes too strong, it becomes your jailer. So when we look at universality, the master said, even though it is impossible to live without judgment on this plane, try and do it anyway. So all is one and one is all. And that's the root chakra when you say I am divine compassion, patience, and perpetual help. All is one and one is all. This I am. And then you say this is what it is and infinitely more. That shows that you are giving over your limitations to the universe and you're opening yourself up to unlimited spirituality and limitlessness. So in terms of that universality, when we may look at other people who we feel are not As spiritually advanced as we are, the better part would be to look at it as the glass is half full and that they are learning and that you're further down the road than they are and that you are there to help them. So whereas a teacher, as a student who comes into a class there to learn something, a good teacher does not look down on the student and they're happy that the student is there because the glass is half full and needs to be filled. So when we do spirituality, one of the things that holds us back the most is when we think that our way is the only way. And that is what tends to hold most people back.
1: My daughter has a white matter brain abnormality accompanied by seizures. My youngest son is autistic. I've been learning so much, and each thing seems to improve our situation. I just don't know how to help a mind that's injured Understand how to help itself.
2: These are all very, very difficult for us on Earth because for a parent who loves a child, and that when a child is not born uh, as we think normal, a good special parent would know that the child was given that way for a reason and that it was given over to be cared for because it was different. And when children or other people in our surroundings that we are close to, have physical problems that we consider are not perfect. This is not only a great lesson in teaching us to help heal, but teaching us to heal ourselves. Less judgment, more acceptance of life itself. The only thing there is no cure for on earth is retardation because that is the light of God. And when a parent has a retarded child, it teaches acceptance. But for your children, who have these two problems, I would say that these are more environmental. And I don't know if they did come in with special things that were predestined or uh, maladies in that area. Everything is being compounded today by environmental toxicity. So if you try to look at some things for your children in terms of detox, And if they were vaccinated and other drugs they may have been given or toxins in the environment will contribute to this. But when you learn to work with the chakra colors and prayer and charity, uh, when you do great prayers for your children, and then you go out and you make a donation to the homeless or the hungry as well, in terms of that prayer, that makes it much, much stronger. And of course... A good home environment and understanding for the parents always helps the situation. And in this way, like Twin Hearts Meditation, it will be a win-win situation that the children will get better and the parents will learn something and become more spiritually advanced as well. So I would t- take this looking at it as a blessing and find out what you need to learn from this. and how you can better help heal your children through patience and prayer and getting the right remedies. And I know this tends to be very difficult for people on earth um, because it takes a lot of work and a lot of patience and a lot of kindness. But these were the things that we signed up for
0: when we come onto this planet, whether we like it or not. All right, Jason, that was the end of the questions. We have two others, Fortune, within my list that you had skipped over. Do you want to take a shot at those now, or do you want to move on to the others that Jason has? Let's finish Jason's first, and then we'll go to yours.
1: These are from my very wonderful friend, Marcy. If we cannot see dimensions above, but we can see dimensions below, the animal and mineral kingdom are dimensions below us, but we can see them. But they can also see us. So how is it that they can see us? Perhaps this is not true of plants, but animals can certainly see us.
0: You're all in third dimension together. I think the tone and tenor is I, I think I brought up a similar thing, Fortune, last time where we were talking and you said the places above us can see below them. And I asked you how come we can't see below us. And if I remember your response, you said that's a good question. I think maybe that's where that was going. I think we can see below us in various ways, but we don't
2: we don't think that we are seeing that. But I have not yet done any research on second or first dimension and the consciousness or consciousnesses that may dwell within them. So on that, I would have to do some more homework and meditation and get back to the listeners. But anything you can see and feel is in this dimension. So the plants and the animals are in this dimension with us as well. We're all third dimension What would the second or first dimension look like as we see below it? I will do some research
0: and get back to you on that. Some of the books that I've recommended to people who want to take a different view of things, I want to bring them up because the basis of the question, I think the question was treating so-called lower life forms as dimensionally different. Um, And as Fortune pointed out, we're all in the third dimension. Things like the light of Egypt, probably the Steiner stuff, I'm not sure. Um, It will list how life began here and it will say minerals are alive. They're the most stationary life and plants came along and plants have minerals in them. Animals came along and animals have minerals and plants in them. And I don't even know why I'm rattling that off other than to say the answer there pointed out that there's a difference between levels of life here in the third and then a whole different dimension.
2: Well, remember, we are... They say we are lower than the third is lower than the fifth. So there are always higher and lower. If you look at the universe, it is a place of higher and lower dimensions and higher and lower gods. So uh, there is no supreme consciousness. And remember, there are creator gods that create universes. There are planet guardians. And it all depends in, in the dimensions. The six-dimension teachers, 150,000 masters who have achieved what we call nirvana and now live in the sixth dimension Some of them have graduated, been graduated to higher dimensions Then you have beyond the six. You have Shiva, Vishnu, Maitreya, Brahma. They are higher dimensions than that, that the teachers in the sixth dimension have as teachers and serve. So... These are things that we get glimpses of them through various people that have epiphanies, paradigm shifts, they sometimes can see through or hear and we get messages. Uh, I would say that the greatest message that is coming through now and why we are allowed to understand these things is because we are being told we are not alone, that there is perpetual help. The universe is based on perpetual rebirth and perpetual help. So, at this very, very unique and very, very crazy time, there is still perpetual help for all those who want it. And for those who are going to choose to leave Egypt, because this is the darkness of Egypt, those who will choose to leave Egypt will be able to find a way out, whether it's a way out by walking on water or parting the Red Sea. And finding a new promised land in this dimension, that is still possible. Others will be able to leave and go to another dimension, but those will be personal choices. But both way outs will be possible for those who choose that. But these things must be done with all of a person's heart and being, with faith and action. The one thing I have to stress to people at this time is faith is great and prayer is great. But in order for both of them to work, they must be coupled with action. And the third component is charity. So faith and prayer, you have to put it into action. You have to do something yourself and then also make an act of charity. And with those three
0: things, you have a winner. Now, if there was ever a response to rewind seven times and listen to, that would be one of them.
1: All right, Marcy's second question. When people have near-death experiences, they often describe moving to the light and then making a choice to return to their earthly incarnation. Was that the light that we are being encouraged not to move toward when we die? In other words, is it the same light in a near-death experience? And if it is, who greeted them and offered the opportunity to return to their incarnation?
2: Well, who greets you at that time is very, very individual. So if you are, this will be very good for the people who said about Christianity. When people of different religions die and have near-death experiences, they claim that they see the teacher that they were serving in the name of in the religion. So if you serve Muhammad, they see Muhammad. If others claim they see Christ, others claim they see the Buddha, because these are all um, world teachers. And when you go and you pass away, or you have the momentary near-death experience, The teacher, when you call or whom you serve, is invoked and uh, does come to you and appear. And remember, heaven is a celebration. Heaven is all religions and none. It is a celebration of all religions, but it is no religion. So I did not say to not go into the light. But when you die or what you call death, that is fifth dimension. And you do have a choice. You do have a choice where you go at that time. We always have choices. And the thing that I must stress to people is that there is no victimization and there are no victims. There are only volunteers. So the, the first rule of the army is never volunteer. So in the universe, nothing happens without our permission. So when we pass away, if you're brave enough to stay in the void and you have enough faith, and that is the moment of the ultimate creation, where you can choose to create and go as far as you are, and as brave as you are, as much faith as you have. But many people get scared, and then they look for the light, and they go back into the light, which means that you return to Earth, which is neither bad nor good. It is just a choice you made. Others who know what they're doing, they turn around. And instead of looking at the light, they turn around because at that time you are pure consciousness. It is just your soul, you and your soul. And they look at the whole universe and they just say, I wish to go home. And they return to the dimension where their soul came from. So there are always other choices. And if you invoke the name of your teacher, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, if they feel that you are worthy, they will Take you in to the sixth dimension. If they feel you finished your message, you'll be invited in to the sixth dimension, which is the Buddhic plane. And then you don't have to return anymore. But many teachers uh, choose to return, even though they have finished their karmic debt and their mission here to help make planet Earth a lighter and greater and easier place for others to live. And then there are other choices beyond that, but I just gave. The listeners, four different choices, as I've done the past two times. But the most important thing is not only to know where you're going when you leave here, but the more important thing is to know who you are while you're here and where you are going while you are here. And that life, the point of life, is to live life in service to life. The only thing that the creator needs from any of us here is not worship, because that is some sort of ego, and uh, the divine has no ego. It needs appreciation, appreciation of what you have been given, and the honoring of creation to not only stand in awe of creation, it is what it is, but infinitely more, and then know that Everything is perfect, including your wish
0: to improve upon it. Fortune, I must have been in my 20s when I first read about a bodhisattva, and it took me aback. Uh, Would the description of a bodhisattva fit well with those who choose to return here? Yes, Radha. Krishna's Radha keeps returning. And Krishna
2: himself, Krishna means black. So one night in dreams, when my mind was really open, Krishna appeared to me and this was around 2000 and he was an untouchable he would be if, if there weren't untouchables then but he would be called what you would call an untouchable because he was so dark and Krishna was eternally youthful because he was eternally joyful and when he appeared in the vision in my dream he said i see you have cockroaches in your crown and there was a great message in that And even though it makes no sense to an average person that was a koan, to a spiritual person what he said would make a whole deal of sense. And you know that the masters were in your dream and it was real and that you were in contact with a higher dimension because usually after that happens, the energy is so intense it jolts you out of sleep.
1: Okay, so we're at the top of the hour and that was the last of the questions I have. Okay, so...
0: Let's make a decision here, gentlemen. Um, Fortune, not many people have access to the knowing you're laying down. I would like to do another hour, but I only have a couple questions to start the second hour that you stepped over last time for whatever reason. Let's take a break. Okay. And then you give me some other questions
2: and any questions that may come up when you are on our break, let me know. And I'm going to take out a book. For the uh, listeners, and um, I'm getting out a book that I once wrote full of spiritual salvos and meditation fragments, and we can go from the questions you have to any questions you both might draw up for yourselves while you're on break, and then I will give some spiritual salvos, and we can see how far we go.
0: Perfect. That fits my, uh, my wants perfectly. All right, there is hour one of episode 404 with Jason Lindgren and Fortune de Saint-Germain. And we'll be back for hour two shortly. Hope to see everyone at crow 7 radiocom That's crrow 777 radiocom for the memberships hour two. Okay, there it is, man. Cheers. Oops. I'd like to wish all of you a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.